Lift up your heads, O gates, 
and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Hello, my name's Richard Marsh. I'm the Dean of Killaloo. Welcome to this, the third in our series of Advent meditations in music and poetry and prayer, as we prepare to welcome the Christ child who comes to us in only a few days on Christmas Day. It's felt like a very short Advent this year because of the calendar. It feels very breathless. But now the third candle on the Advent wreath has been lit. And it is good for us just to pause for a few minutes to pray and think together about how prepared we are to receive the Christ child. O flower of Jesse's stem, you have been raised up as a sign for all peoples. Kings stand silent in your presence. The nations bow down in worship before you. Come, let nothing keep you from coming to our aid. Our poem today is by the poet Cecil Day-Lewis. O child of man, wombed in dark waters, you retell millenniums, image the terrestrial span from an unwitting cell to the new soul within her intricate shell, O child of man. O child of man whose infant eyes and groping mind meet chaos and create the world again. You for yourself must find the toils we know, the truths we have divined. Yes, child of man. O child of man, you come to justify and bless the animal throes wherein your life began, and gently draw from us the milk of love, the most of tenderness, dear child of man. So, child of man, remind us what we have blindly willed, a slaughter of all innocence. You can make this madness yield and lift the load of our stockpiling guilt, O child of man. Stir up your power, Lord, to clear away 
of our Saviour Christ according to St John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed, and he did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then, are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? 
he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing, if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the Gospel of the Lord. So 
Earlier this year, my wife and I took our annual holiday in Albania. And while we were there, we visited many marvellous things, including a great canyon with a river running through it. Steep, vertiginous walls of rock. If you've ever stood at the rim of a canyon, you know what it is to comprehend the immense majesty of emptiness. These clefts in the earth, carved by the incessant flow of water over millennia, are rocky vessels holding a world to themselves, peer over the edge, look down into the sky held between the canyon walls, a highway for the howling wind and the winged creatures of the air. Look down upon the stubborn shrubs clinging to the ledges where tiny crawling things seek their precarious shelter. And then look down, down further to the bottom to the river, the sinuous originator of this landscape still eroding and shaping the earth in its insistent passage towards a distant sea. In the canyon we perceive how negative space has its own power. We find that we are just as compelled by the vastness of what is missing, what has been hollowed out, as we are by what remains. There's a sense of potentiality in the chasm, a certain thick luminousness, a sense of seeing deep into the heart of things that are usually hidden under the surface. Perhaps it's in just such a wilderness place that we might imagine John the Baptist, his voice crying, echoing off the wizened rock face, mingling with dust and birdsong, proclaiming a coming that will soon carve its own path through the petrification of the human heart. A coming that will strip us bare of falsehood and pretension. A coming that will carve out an authentic understanding of ourselves in the cosmic landscape. Like the emptiness of the canyon, though, our authenticity is predicated first upon an honest assessment of that which is not there, in order to reveal the deep truth that remains. Who are you? John is asked. I'm not the Messiah, he says. Are you Elijah? I am not. The prophet? No. Relinquishment of these identity markers is his first act of truth-telling. John knows that he must name the roles to which he is not called before he can affirm that to which he is. It's the same for us. How often we wish that we were the Messiah, the long-expected sovereign of our own small dominions. How often we take on the titles offered to us, not because they fit, but because they make us feel more real to ourselves. How readily we assign these roles to others in order to suit our purposes. But just as the canyon only becomes itself in the void, so too with us. In each of our own negations, we get closer to the spare, essential truth of our identity. I am, John admits, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. A voice an invisible resonance piercing the air. Nothing more and nothing less than this. And that this is exactly what God needs him to be. John, the man of the empty wilderness, 
is himself a canyon-like figure, characterised more by spaciousness and depth than by any agenda of self-aggrandisement. He's one whose existence has been shaped to its depths by the divine flow, and he embodies the way in which giving ourselves over to that movement is the pathway to honest, purposeful existence. He is the exemplar of how our lives become conformed to the shape of Christ, the way made clear for the advent of God's living water. There's much for us to learn from him here, in the watery depths of the canyon, especially in this frenetic and anxious season. Faced with the multiplying needs of our families, our communities, our planet, we are frequently tempted to take on far, far more than what we can actually do or be. And even as many of us attempt to slow down and be more attentive in this liturgical season, the world continues to surround and shout, Who are you? Who are you? But like John, if we're ever to cultivate the space in ourselves for God to accomplish God's work, then we must respond with, I am not the Messiah. I am not. No. We must be willing to disappoint the expectant throng. We must be willing to embrace the emptiness of what we were never meant to be. Then perhaps we will find the one voice that was ours to claim all along. For John, the purpose of his own voice is clear. The announcement of God's incarnate promise. And so he baptises in the river that ancient of transformative power, inviting others to let themselves be scoured by it, let their layers of defensiveness and artifice be stripped away, to hollow out a space in their hearts in preparation for the one who is coming after, the Christ, the one who is making all things new. And here, in another time, in another wilderness, God's invitation remains open to us, and it is as urgent as ever because we are still learning who we are and who we are not. Like the canyon, we're still being shaped, still being laid bare to the wind and the light, still becoming as deep and open and vast as God imagines we can become. And like John, it is only in the cultivation of our own holy emptiness that we will, at last, be the vessels of God's inbreaking purpose. To bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the broken-hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Heavenly Father, longing for light, we wait in darkness. Longing for truth, we turn to you. Make us your own, your holy people, light for the world to see. Longing for peace, our world is troubled. Longing for hope, many despair. Your word alone has power to save us. Make us your living voice. 
many the gifts, many the people, many the hearts that yearn to belong. Let us be servants to one another, making your kingdom come. Christ be our light. Shine in our hearts. Shine through the darkness. Christ be our light. Shine in your church gathered today. So let's pray for a heart that waits for and anticipates the coming of the Lord. Pray for those who worship in the midst of persecution. Pray for the communal witness of your local church. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Mm -hmm.